beep boop. All right. I think we're we're probably off to the races then. All right. Oh, I didn't pick any stories. Uh, all right, I'm going to just right. pause that. That's like throwing down a gauntlet, Nate. You know what? Are, are you going to title the books as we talk? Eh, ish. All right. <laughs> Never mind then. I'm just, I'm feeling a little offended by the title of that one. Offended is a little heavy, but to, throw, to, to say it's the spookiest campfire stories. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be the first time that, that some... One had been offended by the work of uh, sultry sippy cup. Uh, sorry, sassy schlosser, shippy schlosser, schlosser, shippy schlosser. J.D. Salinger. Yes, yes. These these books are written. We were by, burning the rye. By reclusive genius and weirdo uh, S.J.D. Salinger, D.B. Cooper. All of these books are written by uh, uh, an author named S.E. Schlosser. And Wait, every single book? All of these spooky books, yes. Uh, but not every book we've ever addressed. No, 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 no. The last time we had one by uh, Jansport Humdinger. You're making these names up. I'm sorry. Janice Oberding. <laughs> <laughs> I like Humdinger better. <laughs> Sounds yes. like a good sandwich. <laughs> It's a it's a it's a lovely like open faced sandwich that comes in a backpack. <laughs> <laughs> Which you of, have to throw away after the first serving. <laughs> Speaking of coming in a backpack, you're listening to Boohaha, a podcast that is eh, at best quarterly and nominally about ghosts, but more often than not about uh, you know how everything is a horrifying nightmare. This week, for the first week in a long week, I am <laughs> joined here in person by my guest. We are responsibly social distancing. Chair to chair. <laughs> Six feet away, minimum. <laughs> Gonna cut in that uh, Requiem for a Dream. Here. <laughs> um, uh, I'm joined by my guest, the hilarious Michael Garcia. Yeah, I always feel like you, you're you're setting me up to fall when you introduce me like that. That's very much the mo of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me build you a ramp on a cliff. <laughs> oh, so how you been? Um, alone. I've been very <laughs> alone. <laughs> We're currently sitting in your backyard, uh, surrounded by all of these uh, butter dolls that you've made. Uh, this is, you don't seem very Well, alone. I'm allergic to dairy, and I had to do something with it. <laughs> One of them just has wife written on it. <laughs> <laughs> she left me. <laughs> but that's okay, I've got parquet. <laughs> So this is this is very much a, a pilot of of what the podcast is going to be in the months to come. I have purchased a portable recording setup and I am going to be taking the podcast on the road. 
Which is what you were doing when camping on all those previous podcasts, right? Around the campfire? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it's the same thing as always. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Nothing has changed. We right. definitely weren't just in my or your living room. <laughs> no. No campfires allowed. It's in my it's in my lease. Literally in my lease. No open flames. I told you you shouldn't have rented an apartment from a shirtless bear. <laughs> <laughs> Only you. <laughs> Only you can prevent evictions. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we're 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 going in person because I think, as you are well aware, doing a podcast over over Zoom or Skype or or Cast or whatever kind of sucks. Really, uh, I, I'm I'm not sure how to say this, but. Um, it's like wearing a condom and sex. Uh, you know, honestly, at my age, it's just like sex. I'm so fucking tired. I, I, <laughs> I'm closing in on 50, and it just feels like work. Uh, and at this point, I'm starting to vent because this has been on my mind for a while. <laughs> for our listeners, Mike is slowly turning into one of those wistful Anne Rice vampires. <laughs> just end it all. So lonely. I'm so lonely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, we've we've tried to we we've we've done like a couple things over like Discord and stuff. And yeah, we can't even watch a movie over Discord without being annoyed. I know, and it's like it kinda works. I think like the the system that has worked best is us just like watching a movie and like calling each other on the phone like we're teenage <laughs> girls. <laughs> Well, nothing's really changed since the pandemic on that note. That that is entirely true. Um yeah. So, uh we're we're switching over to a an in-person but still responsible and socially distanced podcast. Uh where uh where we just go and record in the wild. And currently we are in the wilds of your backyard, which is about as wild as I usually get. Yep, yep. An ant touched me a little while ago. That was exciting. Uh, yeah, we talked about it for like 15 minutes. Um, it it may well be the scariest thing that we discussed today. Um, because, Certainly the most exciting. <laughs> because we are going to be revisiting old... The spookiest camps. <laughs> the spooky, spooky California. Uh, these are tales of hauntings, strange happenings, and other local lore retold by Shaltry Shappencaps. Local lore. Local lore. Local lore. Local lore. Local lore of Northern California usually centers around meth cookers. <laughs> Is that like a pressure cooker? Well, there's a lot of pressure involved. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so much pressure. <laughs> I, yeah, I saw Breaking Bad. Um, <laughs> Enough pressure to snap. So, uh, for for the for the listener who who might need a little bit of a reminder of your of your stance on ghosts since the last time you were on three episodes ago. Uh, <laughs> uh, where do you stand on spookiness? Um, well, uh, as you well know, and, and any previous listeners who've heard of me, or heard me speak, let me rephrase that. Um, those of you who know me. <laughs> for those of you who, who my legend proceeds, um, 
I am a, a, as a young 80s goth, I was a true, true believer, embraced everything and, and chased it, which is why I quickly became aware that there is nothing out there. We are soulless creatures bound to return to the dirt and nothingness. And that's basically where my stance is. So I would love it if things were out there, if there was something more. In fact, it would, I, I hope there is. Um, I don't think there is, and I will usually undercut anything. But as a horror movie fan and someone on far too much caffeine, I'll talk about whatever the story is. So you gazed long into the abyss and found the abyss kind of lacking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been watching this whole Trump fucking presidency for a few years now. I got it. <laughs> uh, well, there's our... Normally, we talk about dead presidents, and I guess now we're talking about presidents who we wish were fill-in-the-blank so we don't get echelon-systemed or whatever. <laughs> so, You're already on the list, don't we? Oh my God. I have tried, like, ever since, who was it? Some local local comic, like, tweeted some stuff about Trump the first day that, like, Dave won of his occupation of the White House. And, uh, yeah, some Secret Service guys, like, showed up a day later at his oh, house. We're like, hey! I remember reading about that. Yeah. And then after a, a cursory examination, they were like, oh, no, he's just an idiot. <laughs> it's fine. Well, speaking of things that are fine, what's happened? We have stories, sir. <laughs> Humdingers, I heard. <laughs> we will see. So I have I have pulled together... A couple of spooky tales of phantasms and revenants and kaijus. <laughs> Kaiju never spooky. No, no, ka kaijus are not spooky. Um, these are all kind of vaguely from your neck of the woods, which is? Uh, Northern California. Grew up in the gold country. Yeah, that's where the where strike that... was. The minor 49er. That's where that murderer was from, right? <laughs> Oh no, that oh. was the Golden State Killer. Well, but yeah, technically, he up, sure, <laughs> he was up there too. I, it's not. No, wait, where was he? I, I think he was a little further south. Yeah, I wanted to say he was like in and around Sacramento. Well, no, ever since he moved to Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is it Poor like Patsy? A, we've got some spooky tales from your neck of the woods. Gonna give you a couple options here. The first one. Milk bottles. Well, I did mention my allergies to dairy, so that is scary. <laughs> that is terrifying. The second one, the serpent. Well, that's how many are we going to be doing? Because that's de we're definitely putting a pin in the serpent. All right, we're going to put a pin in the serpent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, remember that sex thing I was talking about? How boring I find. <laughs> that might be why. <laughs> The Lonely Grave, Jake's Camels. There's no camels in California. Oh, aren't they spooky? <laughs> oh, spooky camels. No. <laughs> What's in those humps? <laughs> and finally, to your health. Wait, I think we might have done that one with Emma Jonas. Well, that doesn't sound like fun anyway. Let's take that out. Um, so uh, I want to talk about two of these. Um, 
both for California-related reasons specifically. Mm -hmm. And uh, although you had mentioned these might be in regions I was from, I don't know which stories attached to what areas. But um, I would like to... uh, we we got to get into that whole humping situation with the camels because there are no camels in California. I need to figure out what's going on with that. And then I want to talk about the uh, loneliest grave just so we can talk about um, California's rattlesnake dick. <laughs> I'll explain that when we get into it. You have already explained that on this podcast. Oh. It's going to be it's going to be rattlesnake uh, dick revisited. <laughs> That's that, no one listened to me previously. <laughs> no one listens to this podcast. Hi, mom. Um, hey, how's it going, mom? <laughs> a while. So I will I will remind you that you only get to choose one. Oh fuck! I thought we. Oh, mm. I uh, well, mm. well, then we're gonna have to get into the camels. You're going to do Jake's Camels? That's fine. I want to do the Lonely Grave, so we'll do that. Fine. Especially being that I've already gone on about Snake Dick. He's dead, everybody, in case you didn't get the inference. Yeah, Mike put a pin in the serpent, and now now his rattlesnake dick is uh, rattlesnake He crawled for almost two miles before he died. There's a marker on the street. we've We've had this conversation. We talked about how, like, they should have put up like stations of the cross. Like this is where Rattlesnake Dick <laughs> was shot. This is where he crawled. This is where he died. That's for your what sins. they did. <laughs> they are marked on the streets in Auburn, California. <laughs> this is uh this is where Veronica showed up with her veil and pressed it to Rattlesnake I Dick's act- face. I actually use those markers, and this is something I don't think we got into previously. Where his marker of, of where he had died was next to a PUD water ditch, and one time when I was like 15, I was walking by and I looked down into that water ditch and I saw a marijuana pipe. It was a metal one with a chamber. And if a pipe has a chamber back in the 80s, there is a chance that there'd be weed within that chamber. Somebody might have just ditched it or something. Someone might have ditched it or dropped it. Sure. And I wanted to go back to find it and I used the rattlesnake dick death markers like uh, like a pirate map to find my way back to go get that pipe but someone had already recovered it before my return <sighs> you you almost smoked rattlesnake dicks uh <laughs> death <pipe>. weed <laughs> um god where the fuck was that uh jake's camels somewhere in california <laughs> uh, hopefully northern because that's what i know but there, it's even less likely you would have camels in Northern California. Yeah. Is this story going to be a fucking ghost? Oh, there it is. <laughs> Someone's getting frustrated. <clears throat> All right, this one is from Sierra Nevada. I lived in the Sierra Nevadas. <clears throat> Where in the Sierra Nevadas? Does it even say? Sierra Nevada. (laughs) The Rocky Mountains. All right. Sierra Nevada. Appalachia. (laughs) Yeah, it's somewhere between Maine and Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. So growing up uh, in gold country meant we grew up in the foothills of the Sierra Nevadas. In my high school, my first of, I think, seven high schools I went to, moved around a lot. Didn't graduate from any of them. Uh, uh, my first real high school I went to, our um, mascot was called the Hillman. 
because we were from the foothills of the Sierras. <laughs> and one time, many years ago, a group of barbarian miners who had been up there for many decades came down and, well, they ransacked the town and took the women and... We pay tribute to them every year in hopes that they don't return. As a child, there's an episode of Scooby-Doo where they have to fight off the minor 49er. Yes. And when that cartoon came on, I would get so excited because I thought it was taking place in our hometown. Eh, close enough. Yeah. Probably. I mean, you know, it was in the woods and all spooky woods look like shit to me. Yeah, they all repeat every, like, uh, 20 (laughs) frames or so. They all look the same. (laughs) Just like both of us wearing ascots right now. (laughs) Jinkies. (laughs) Well, I can't tell you how many times I came across old Jake tugging and pulling and cursing his mules as he went to and from his mining claim. Already I'm disappointed in these camels. Oh, it's a mining story. The 49er. Fuck Wait, you. it took place in my hometown then. Fuck fuck you. Fuck your hometown. I hate mines. I hate miners. <sighs> Go on. <clears throat> I told him to sell him and get himself a good horse. Mind you, I like my mules. <laughs> Particularly with barbecue sauce. Stubborn as they can be, my mules have pulled me out of a couple of tricky spots over the years, including one day when I was hanging over an 800-foot drop with only the reins of my mule, Samantha, between me and certain death. Now, you know, he he fails to mention Samantha Buckingham's the reason he's hanging over an 800-foot cliff. (laughs) Names their mule, Samantha. Uh, see, I used to watch Grizzly Adams as a child. Again, I mentioned I'm, I'm closing in on 50. And he had a sidekick who was an old miner. And his mule, which was like, the I think, the third credited actor on the series, <laughs> <laughs> was named Old Number Seven. And for the longest time as a kid, I'm like, why the hell is he named that? And finally, in one episode, Grizzly Adams asks him, he's like, well, then I won't feel so bad when I'm carrying, you know, walking around with old number eight. Because he's just, you know, you name him, you feel bad after you eat him. It's the uh, the same reason uh, Blossom's best friend was named Six. <laughs> <laughs> is, is there is, was that her best friend's name? Good God. Uh, Bialik just can't help herself. She just loves killing. <laughs> <laughs> she just loves eating teenage girls. <laughs> well, that kind of tracks. But when a city slicker came to the gold fields riding a beautiful black creature that was faster than a bolt of lightning, well, they don't call me Three Card Monty for nothing. <laughs> oh, uh, um, okay. Mm, yeah. Yeah. City Slicker might have picked up a few gold nuggets out on his claim, but he should have stuck to panning and not gambling, because I got his horse. I didn't want to part with my mules, though. People thought it was excessive, me keeping two mules and a horse. But I told them the horse, Lightning, was for riding, not for pulling wagons. So my mules, Samantha and Jude... So my wife and second wife... Yeah, (laughs) spent their days eating the nice green grass in the small field behind my cabin while Lightning and I worked my claim. 
Um, Horses can't hold pickaxes. I'm, I, you know, I'm really see the mules could make sense because I could see using mules to make, you know, rotating to 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 turn spin the some wheel gears to yeah, to, yeah. But I don't see where you get a horse into this mix. Just picture a picture a what I'm assuming is like a, you know. I don't know how many hands horses are, but like a 16-hand horse or something. Just in a mine shaft. Picture picture like a Clydesdale. I don't know how many hands horses are. Yeah, I know. I was thinking, I, I, I even took horse husbandry, and I feel like this has come up on the podcast before. Because we rarely talk about the spooky things. Just my stupid childhood, it seems. That was a stupid class to take. Total accident, but that's another story for another time. <laughs> Listeners, um, see one of Mike's previous appearances. <laughs> I forget which one we talked about him going to the farm and having to spend time with the, we did talk the about farmer's wife. <laughs> yeah, watched Horowitz in Moscow. That was nice. Much nicer than watching the rancher remove a bull's balls with his teeth just to shock us. Yep. <clears throat> so Again, scarier than any story we're going to tell. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, three card Monty or whatever is, is that his name or is he just saying he's, he's, I think that's he what he falls called. I for think, the game or that's the game they were playing. I think that his name is Monty and he's real good at gambling. So they call him three card Monty, but that could or be he like he could a, just have three cards up his sleeve at all times cause he cheats so much. That is called being good at gambling. <laughs> That's called winning the Old West. (laughs) When I first got lightning, I told Jake he could use my mules. In spite of the fact that he loathed the critters, Jake took splendid care of his own mules. So why does Jake need his mules if he's got his own mules? I don't fucking know. I guess that I guess we started saying by saying that Jake's mules were stubborn. Oh, that's right. So maybe Monty's wife mules are kinder. Um, well, they don't let him fall off of an 800-foot cliff, so they care about him. But Jake had something else in mind. No, Monty, I would not use another mule again, even if I had to carry every blasted nugget out on my own back, Jake told me. Okay. Okay. All right. So Fuck maybe you. that's what he uses the horse for, for carrying his gold? Oh, no, this is that's Jake. Yeah, I know, that's yeah. Joel. I'm just... Bringing oh, sure. back the, yeah. uh, I mean, if if he's, if he needs his mules to carry his gold, sure, maybe sure. that's the thing. That, so I'm really just trying to figure out this gold, this this mining process. I think it's wildly optimistic to assume that they are going to be coming out of a mine with enough gold for it to be an impediment to them. Good point. And the fact is, most of these miners weren't even using mines. Yeah. They were really just it was placer mining. Yeah. Like yeah. Um, Pandy. I've read enough of these fucking stories about miners to know. Oh, I just watched Deadwood. <laughs> in the in the same way that I often think of that scene from The Big Lebowski where where what's his name was just drawing a dick on the pad of paper. I often think of uh Al Swearingen just saying limber dick San Francisco cocksuckers. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite <laughs> strings of sounds that exists in the English language. Um, <clears throat> that night, Jake took off for San Francisco. When he left, he gave me his two mules, Buster and Bridget. It's a really a, like a wife swap situation. Ooh, like these, I, yeah, 
I mean, if, if this was going on today, they would have a show on TLC. <laughs> he said he didn't need him anymore. Folks in town started calling me the Raja. Because he's got a harem? <laughs> <laughs> and bowing elaborately when they saw me on account of me having four mules now and a horse like lightning. <laughs> when are you getting an elephant, Monty? The tavern owner called when I strolled in that evening. <laughs> Next week, probably. It's still on order. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in the bar chuckled good-naturedly. So how do you like Buster and Bridget, asked Fred Johnson, the man who ran the mercantile. Do well, we really need Fred's last name? No. Shappy Plappup is painting a word picture. She's painting a mind But what's world. Bridget's last name? Jones's <laughs> diary. <laughs> Horse e-books. <laughs> It's been a while, guys. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, and I got I got COVID, and now I have that that brain disease. <laughs> anyway, so hot talk, water word mouth. They're not bad, I said, sitting down at his table after collecting a drink from the bar. Apparently, all that ornery behavior was a personality conflict with old Jake, rather than just plain cussedness on part of the mules. Well, whispering sweet nothings in their ears really helps. I love you, Bridget. Don't tell Buster that I love you. (laughs) Yet. I love you, Buster. (laughs) Don't tell Bridget. (laughs) (laughs) Shh. (laughs) It's like an episode of Three's Company. (laughs) Mr. Furley's just outside listening the whole time. (laughs) The Mr. Furley here is just a really circumspect-looking bartender polishing a cup and looking very askance at a man whispering into a mule's ear. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> really? Fred asked, leaning forward with a gleam in his eye. I've been hankering to get me a couple of mules. <laughs> lonely, so lonely. I love you, Bridget. <laughs> I covet Buster. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, you willing to sell him? Oh, well, I might be, I said casually, leaning back in my chair and putting on my three-card Monty face. There it is. That's the one. Well, Fred and I dickered for almost an hour. That's what they called it back then. <laughs> Look, at... With all of this horsewife talk, I'm just glad that they're dickering each other. <laughs> In the end, Fred took home Buster and Bridget. Straight from the you-know-what's-mouth. Um, and I took home approximately twice the money they were worth. Well... Jake came back from San Francisco two weeks later, leading three camels behind him. (laughs) (laughs) My mail-order brides have arrived. (laughs) You know, physically there's only six humps, but I can tell you that metaphorically there's going to be a lot more. (laughs) 
The whole town turned out to watch in amazement as the large, dirty, uncouth creatures walked down the main street. <laughs> <laughs> Leading three camels. I was about to say. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> now... I had thought that Buster and Bridget were just about the most cussed creatures on God's green earth. <laughs> Go on. But these camels had them beat. The camels were meaner than a wild cat with a sore tail. And when Jake stopped beside me, one of them took a bite out of his trousers. <laughs> They're married now. Jake, uh, Jake makes poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> um... You know, something I didn't mention at the beginning of this. <laughs> One time a camel bit me. One time a camel spit on me. <laughs> Before I rode him, I have ridden a camel. Same, yes. Yes. It's not It's not good. No, it's... I wanted to ride the elephant, and my friend's mom was like, nope, the line's too long to ride the elephant. We're getting in line for the camel. And I didn't want to ride on a camel. And while we waited in that line, I was eight years old at the time at Marine World Africa, USA, and while we waited in that line, I was about two people away from getting on a camel I didn't want to ride, and it looked right at me and spit like this black chaw-looking spit all over me. And then I started to cry, and she made us ride the camel, and because I was so small, I had to ride at the front of this, this camel saddle. Cattle, I don't know what you call that. And um, they made bad. me go in front because I was the shortest so the other kids could see over me. But I was so short, the metal protective bar was right at my face and it kept banging me in the nose. And so I got off this camel with a bloody nose and black camel spit on me. And I never wanted to see a camel again. <laughs> I just wanted to ride a fucking elephant. I'm picturing the camel spitting tar in your like like the thing that killed fucking um newman <laughs> in jurassic park <laughs> <laughs> see nobody cares <laughs> <clears throat> if it's any consolation uh so i i don't eat meat anymore but when i did eat meat my absolute favorite variety of meat is, is the camel. camel you rode into town on <laughs> As I'm hopping off, I'm I'm slitting its throat. Um, uh, no, they're they're because they have so much fatty tissue. They self marinate basically, like Newman. Yes, <laughs> very much like like, like American hero uh, Wayne Knight. Yeah, there we go. I think I think so. Yes, Paul let's Newman. go with <laughs> uh, But yeah, there, uh, l- l- listeners, if if you haven't ever eaten a camel and you have the opportunity, give it a try. Delicious. So, camel bites Jake. Get away from me, you crazy critter, Jake said, swatting at its head fondly. It was clear to me that Jake was infatuated with the camels. <laughs> Oh, my! have you pre-read any of these stories? Oh, God. One of them turned a half-crazed eye on me and spat. (laughs) Well, been there, done that. (laughs) Wiping my face as calmly as I could, I said, What in blazes possessed you to buy camels? (laughs) (laughs) Well, the army's selling them. (laughs) (laughs) On account of the new Continental Railroad that President Lincoln approved. I also bought this giant mechanical spider. (laughs) 
Cost me a pretty penny, but a a a, a very uh, Kevin Klein-looking woman with sandy boobs gave them to me at a discount. <laughs> sandy boobs, <laughs> L- like a bag of sand. <laughs> <laughs> that was a a point in that movie where like he's got uh, 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 Kevin Klein has boobs that are like it's it's full of like no it's buckwheat it's full of buckwheat. okay yeah then, see the sand of course is the sandy boobs of uh, of the 40 year old virgin when yes yeah. yes uh well the army's selling them on account of the new continental railroad etc etc um jake told the small crowd that had gathered around everyone was standing as far away from the camels as possible but close enough so that they could still hear what jake was saying <laughs> Which puts them all within spittle range. Just, just a camel wheeling around like a Gatling gun. <laughs> I tell you, Monty, these camels can carry up to 500 pounds of load each. <laughs> <laughs> I call them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abendigo. That's a thing. So That's close to Wendigo. Potent- yeah. It's <laughs> just this camel-headed uh, ghost monster of the woods. <laughs> Jake, this is what happens when you salute the three winds. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing that Baal rides. <laughs> uh, Jake cried enthusiastically as one of his horses tried to kick me in the shin. <laughs> And another coughed in Fred Johnson's face. <laughs> I'm just picturing. Uh, I love descriptions of like just any any time like it is like a series of events is described as three chaotic and ridiculous things happened at once. I was just wondering how close in relation to date this occurrence is and the Spanish flu pandemic. You mean you mean camel virus? <laughs> Egypt virus. They come over here from their weird pyramid houses, spitting in our faces, coughing on Fred Johnson. Killing Herman Cain. (laughs) Send them back to Thailand. Listeners, that'll help you orient yourself in time to see where we are. The president just called Thailand, Thailand. And And Herman Cain just died. Herman Cain just died. RSVP. Domino's Pizza or whatever he ran. Godfather's Pizza. Whatever. Yeah, well, it makes sense just in regards to how criminal these jackasses are. But anyway, moving on. This is not a politics podcast. (sighs) Fancy that, I said, backing away cautiously. I'm so lost in the story at this point. Anyway, one of the soldiers was telling me that they can travel up to 30 miles a day, day in and day out. Not like a mule. No, really good camel can do up to 100 miles a day on level ground. You know the level ground of the Sierra Nevadas? Do they understand English? I asked doubtfully. (laughs) How do you get them to obey you? (laughs) As he grabs his electrified cattle prod. Well, one of the camel trainers taught me the basic commands. It's easy. Watch. Jake shouted some foreign words at the camels. They ignored him. (laughs) Jake rattled the reins and shoved them from behind. One of them yawned. The other grabbed Jake's hat and started eating it. 
This is starting to be less a ghost story and more of a Reader's Digest humor in uniform. (laughs) There were some sniggers from the crowd. Jake flushed and snapped his whip a few times. One of the camels snorted expressively, and the other kicked the tavern owner in the stomach. (laughs) 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 The camels then put their heads together for a moment, and then all three started running at once, each in a different direction. I love this conference of camel brains. <laughs> Cut to three years later and they run the town <laughs> with an iron fist. We all worship the three-headed camel. <laughs> We've begun <laughs> importing tobacco. <laughs> We're building it a cigarette pyramid. <laughs> Oh, this is really spiraling out of control. The 1800s were fun. They all took off running at once, each in a different direction, dragging Jake along with them. <laughs> Was he dismembered? <laughs> they, they draw and quartered by they, camels. They, they, they draw and tribbled him. <laughs> Um, yeah, he was drawn <laughs> in trouble with camels. <laughs> far as I can tell, Captain, they're born pregnant. Um, <laughs> oh, oh so, no, that was Jake. <laughs> so, so Jake has been drawn and thirded. Um, well, I was wondering when it would become a ghost story. <laughs> Jake and his camels raced around a bend in the road and out of sight. We could still hear him cussing for a good long while after he disappeared from view. Well, needless to say, Jake's camels were not popular with anyone in the area, but we got used to them. And after a while, folks wouldn't even blink when Jake and his camels strolled through the street. They might have been the most gall-darn stubborn animals ever created, but those camels could sure carry a heavy load. And they were (laughs) real fast. Jake was always after me to race him, but lightning couldn't stand the camels. He went crazy every time they came too close. Started rearing up and his penis came out. (laughs) (laughs) Jake, he's misinterpreting the signals. Jake, put some pants on your camels. Or at least on your horse. Cover their shame. Uh, boy, I've still got five and a half hours of of audio, and the battery is still at full. Fantastic. Yeah. Did you remember to hit record? No. What? Yeah. Seems good. We're 47 minutes in. Okay, good. <laughs> you scared me for a second. I was like, ah, this has actually been good. Yeah. Usually I hate myself. <laughs> well, I still hate myself, but I'm enjoying this. Yeah, I've read your business card. (laughs) The camels didn't like the mountains too much. Go figure. They were desert creatures. Uh Uh-huh. Their feet would get torn up on the sharp mountain rocks. Oh. Right. You can't shoot. Just make them some moccasins. They've got soft hooves for sands. You got to make your camels some moccasins. But then they're going to slip and fall off of the 800-foot cliff. That's what uh, Samantha's for. 
So what I'm hearing is you don't get a camel, you get a mule. It seems probably in hindsight that a mule is better suited to the task of... Then again, from hindsight, maybe a camel looks better. It's hard to say. Jake could tell you. There's no hindsight when you're behind a camel. There's just humps, humps in your eyes. <laughs> hump sight. Oh, he has hump sight. <laughs> it pulls his eyes out. <laughs> I can still see it. <laughs> He's just reaching out and touching things. And he, I can tell the last time somebody fucked on this. <laughs> I have hump sight. Jake, you're touching a tree. It's been a long time. Then Jake and the camels disappeared for about a month. How long does it take for a camel to have a child? How long does it take for three camels to eat one man? (laughs) (laughs) One dismembered man. (laughs) Three parts of a man. (laughs) (laughs) It would take a lot longer because, like, each part of the man would be still tied to one of the camels, so the camels would have to, like, form a chain. Yeah, it'd be a real human centipede situation. (laughs) Well, it wouldn't be human. Well, the the connective tissue of food would be. Yeah. Now that conjunction junction of human pieces. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hate that. Yeah, let's move <clears throat> on. I am picturing how I'm drawing this up tonight, though. No one heard a word from Jake until his three camels rode right down the middle of the street one day. There's saddlebags full of gold nuggets. Okay. Oh, wait, sorry. No one heard from them until Jake and his three camels rode into town one night. Uh, uh, No one heard a word from them until Jake and his three camels rode right down the middle of the street one day with their saddlebags full of gold. He'd come into town to file a new claim. He'd discovered a new mine site that was brimming with gold. Everyone in town got excited, but Jake wouldn't tell anyone where the new mine was located. Duh. Yes and no. I mean, if you're going, uh, I, I mean, I don't know what their claim stake situation was there, but if you got a claim and you'd want to put a stake in it, you got to go, like, you know, do the thing down in the county offices. and. You probably tell shit. that guy, but you're not going to be, like, going to the saloon and being like, it's over here. Look, I'll draw you a map to it. Well, we've all seen Deadwood. I'm drunk. Look at my back with your knife. I didn't like the way some of the new fellows who'd just come back. I didn't like the way that some of the new fellows who'd just come from back east were looking at Jake. One thin man with a mustache and cunning black eyes sat too close together. Paul Adams, by name, seemed to be paying close attention to every word he said. I told Jake to take care, but he just laughed and kept on drinking. No one saw Jake alive after that night. <laughs> oh, yeah, I figured that's where this was going. Oh, no. Uh-oh. A few days later, the bodies of Jake and one of his camels were found in a remote area. Oh. Victims of a drive-by. Cameling. Uh, they'd been shot. The See? camel still had a torn piece of dark cloth caught in his teeth. And there were signs <laughs> fighting of- to the very end. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> Elsewhere, the other camels that he's telepathically linked with are just screaming. <laughs> no! <laughs> no! 
It's like the precogs and minority report. It's exactly <laughs> what I pickered. pickered. <laughs> three camels in a swimming pool. No. <laughs> the camel's parents were addicted to future drugs, and now they can see the future and prevent camel crime. This is the dromedary report. <laughs> It's it's just old Prospector Jake with those Minority Report gloves, and he's all zooming around on the screen. Remember that computer? Yeah, you know, we could do... I'm just thinking of all the video fun with all of this. (laughs) It's just, it's Tom Cruise doing that weird zoom gesture, but he's just zooming in on a picture of a camel. (laughs) There were signs of digging, but it was apparent that this place was not the location of Jake's new mine. The sheriff reckoned that Jake had been expecting people to follow him that night, so they'd deliberately gone to the wrong place. Well, if they're going to murder me... The murderer must have shot him and then discovered that he'd been tricked. Bummer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he got me. Boy, is my face red. From both blood and (laughs) embarrassment. (laughs) Anyway. Back to murder. God, how long is this? Is this one story per book? Yes, I'm reading you a novel (laughs) called Jake's Camels. (laughs) Written by Jake's Camels. It's it's a spec script that I wrote for a show called Jake's Camels. Uh, Better show. Jake and his camel were buried together near his home, and life went on as usual. The sheriff tried to find who the killer was, but other matters soon drove the mystery out of his mind. Burn me a little. Jake was my friend, and I wanted justice done. For that camel. Every once in a while, I caught a glimpse of the other camels roaming the hills. (laughs) Whispering their secrets to each other and sending me their camel dreams at night. We have a colony of feral camels out in the woods. (laughs) A colony of feral telepathic camels. (laughs) That sounds like such a better story. (laughs) Alternate reality, California's weird now. (laughs) Sounds like a better state. So those wild camels. I never managed to catch them. Mind you, I didn't really want or need them. Out of respect for Jake, however, I thought that someone should be caring for him. Late one evening, about a month after we buried Jake, me and a few friends were drinking and playing cards in the local tavern when we heard a terrified scream come down the street. Everyone rushed to the door and looked out. A tall, thin chap came running around the bend in the road. I recognized Paul Adams at once. Oh, he was running as if his... can hairy motherfucker. Mustache-having, camel-shooting bastard, probably. I, I picture him wearing a... a pinstripe pants and one of those gambler vests. Uh But he's also John Waters. (laughs) Yeah, well, he's got a mustache. (laughs) Picture John Waters being chased by camels. (laughs) I picture camels being chased by John Waters. (laughs) (laughs) Or divine just eating (laughs) camel shit. He was running as if his life depended on it and kept looking over his shoulder. Then I heard a familiar voice shouting in a foreign tongue. 
Around the bend came Jake, riding atop his camel, phantom saddlebags bulging with gold <laughs> nuggets and camel man hybrid babies. <laughs> he was shining with a brilliant white light, and the camel's eyes were glowing red. I could see right through them. Jake shouted again in the foreign tongue and whipped the camel to make it go faster. The sheriff ran down the steps of the tavern and out into the street. With a scream of despair, Paul threw himself at the sheriff's feet, shouting, I did it! I killed Jake! Save me! Help me! Oh, God! <laughs> I could see the tear in his trousers where the camel had bitten him just before he shot it. He didn't change his pants since the murder? I only have one pair of pants! He could have taken Jake's pants. Oh, I suppose that's true. Live and learn. <laughs> Die and learn. Anyway, take me to jail, please. <clears throat> the ghost of Jake thundered up on his camel and stopped two feet away from the sheriff. They stared at each other for a, mo for a long moment, man and ghost. The sheriff was trembling visibly, but his voice was calm when he said, Thanks, Jake. I'll take it from here. <laughs> please put your penis back. I think we know why there was a tear in the back of those trousers. It's, it's, I'm, I'm picturing the sheriff being the pimply-faced teen from The Simpsons. <laughs> this all feels like it was <clears throat> was directed by Tim Burton and starring Johnny Depp. I was going to fight a camel. <laughs> I drank too much, and then I tried to smuggle the camel into Australia. We will be shooting Jake's ashes out of a giant cannon 200 feet into the air. My wife won't stop beating me. The shade of old Jake nodded, and the camel spit expressively into the dirt at, at Paul Adams. <laughs> then they disappeared. The sheriff hauled Paul Adams over to jail. The Easterner wrote out a full confession of Jake's murder and begged to be put in lockup where he was safe. The rest of us were pretty shook up, too. So we went back to drinking in the tavern. My friends went into the tavern for another drink. <laughs> <laughs> but I paid my tab and walked home. On my way, I stopped by old Jake's cabin and stood a while next to his grave. They buried him in his cabin. It was weird. With the, with, with the camel. They buried him under his camel. <laughs> I thought they smelled bad on the outside. <laughs> <laughs> it was a real tauntaun situation. They couldn't afford a coffin. <laughs> it's like a turducken of the Old West. <laughs> you put a man a, inside of a camel, inside of a cow, inside of a... Gold nugget inside of a man, inside of a long johns, inside of a camel. Inside of a grave. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jake, I said loud, feeling a bit foolish. I've been trying to catch your camels, but they're still as ornery as ever. I'll keep trying, though. As I spoke, the light in the clearing changed, and I turned around. Jake and all three of his camels had appeared. Two of them, the living ones, were strolling around nonchalantly next to their phantom brother, as if he had never left. Jake led them into the yard like I'd seen him do a hundred times or more, and he beckoned to me. I followed him up into the mountains to a remote place where a small mine had been dug out by hand. It was here that the harem lived. There it is, Jake said, gesturing to the mine. Good luck, Monty. Take care of my camel wives. He placed the reins in my hands. 
and a chill passed through me as his ghostly hand touched mine. See you around, Jake, I said casually. (laughs) (laughs) My old friend gave me a jaunty wave, and then he disappeared like Anakin Skywalker. (laughs) You know. That was it? I stared for a long moment in the eyes of the remaining two camels, and the sun slowly set on the horizon. Wait, this all took place during the day? Yeah, day ghost, why not? Okay. Maybe he was there all night. I stared for a long moment into the eyes of the remaining two camels. I stared lovingly into the eyes of the remaining two camels. <laughs> I stared for a long moment into the eyes of the remaining two camels as the sun slowly rose over the horizon. One of the camels coughed pointedly in my face and the other kicked me in the stomach. <laughs> <laughs> that tracks. It was practically a love tap compared to the kick it had given the tavern owner a few months back. Oh, it indeed was a love tap. Well, I don't know how I'm going to reconcile you two with lightning, but uh, all right, let's go home. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, this sounds like the most elaborate alibi three-card Monty put together to explain why he owns all of <clears throat> poor dead Jake's things. Well, you see, the thing is, uh, uh, someone else shot Jake, um, uh, but I know where his mine is, and I own his remaining two camels, and, uh, yeah. Would you like to join my harem? You want me to kill you, too? Uh, I mean, for the first time? Well, um, I'm glad there did end to be end up being a ghost story at the end of it eventually. Yeah, I I too am glad that there was something spooky there, and uh, well, no, there was a ghost story. I meant the bestiality. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, that that is a, a first of any of the stories we, that uh, we have not addressed horse penis before. <laughs> Address the horse penis. <laughs> Usually we just ignore it. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's oh, the, that was it's shocking. The, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's very much like ignoring the elephant in the room. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which Rip Torn could not do in, uh, <laughs> in Freddy Got Fingered. <laughs> oh boy, there's a reference that I never want to think of again. Tom Green. Don't ever want to think of Tom Green again. Mm. Uh, I'm going to give this one. Um, I'm going to give Why this one. Why shouldn't I get to do it first? Why do you always? You, you get to go first. Oh, so okay. I get to rate it? Yeah. Well, okay, so what do you think of uh, Jake's three-headed camel god? I, you know, I enjoyed that probably more than any of the other stories we've read. Fair. Um, so I am going to give that a full five out of six camel humps. Ooh, that is that is impressive. I am going to give it... I'm going to give it three out of three psychically linked sentient camel gods. <laughs> wow. I Yeah, th- that feels like mm. that transcends the scale. They see into your mind. <laughs> Open your mind. Okay. Wade. 
Well, that that is about as high a praise I think any story I'm aware of on your podcast. It, it was look, it wasn't scary, but it it did the trick. You it was know, fun. It was yeah. I've got to tell you, those three camels had more personality than any character in any story we've read before. I completely agree with you. Yes. Um, troublingly <sighs> and shockingly, yes. <laughs> so does that mean it's time for me to read to you? Yes. Hey. But first, let me... I can't go to the bathroom because we're in the wild. Um, but first, let me go wash my hands. <laughs> it's the coronavirus-ish edition of when I uh, put in the ad break. Okay. Welcome to the ad for Afternoonified. The ad where we try to convince you to listen to our show. I'm Sarah. And I'm Emily. We hope you like mummies, weird religions, cheese, historical figures, dicks, religion, and like a lot of other stuff. Did it work? Are you going to listen? Emily, they can't hear you. They're like pressing the skip button right now. Oh. All right. Well, I think um, for mine, uh, I am going to go with uh, the lovely bones or whatever it's called. <laughs> <laughs> Written what, by what is, Marky Mark. What, what, what is it? The Lonely Grave. Ah, there we go. Oh, of Nevada City, one ah. of the small towns that I lived in mm. as a child. My teens. It, it's a fun town. Because it still has a Old West downtown that's, like, enforced by the town to bring in uh, <laughs> tourists. So when you go around, there's still, like, the old boardwalks and candy shops and things of that nature. <clears throat> when you said enforced by, I was picturing, like, an old-timey lawman with, like, a with like a six-shooter. <laughs> yeah, a classic old-timey lawman with a six-shooter and a harem of camels. I remember one time I was in... I was visiting a friend who lived near Temecula, and we were in where we were in Old Town Temecula, which is one of those, you know, sure. been preserved. And we were we were walking by, and like a dude with just a a gun on his waist went into a Starbucks, and my friend who was Australian was like, "Did he have a gun?" Or no, sorry. And I I said to my friend, "I'm like, did he have a gun?" And she's like, "Well, it is Temecula," and I'm like. Yeah, but it's not Deadwood. It's not like he's going to go fucking hold up, up the Starbucks for some <laughs> pumpkin bread or whatever. <laughs> no, I mean, if you've, your friend's from Australia, she's like, you know, well, we got Jarrett out here. <laughs> Guns are normal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my Australian friend pointed at his gun and said, that's not a knife. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so uh, another one of these small western towns uh, that I, I, I f- 
frequented in my youth was called Virginia City in Nevada. It was about a 40-minute drive outside of Reno. Ah, the confusingness of the American small town. Virginia City, Nevada City. Welcome to Kansas City. It's not where you think it is. No, my mom was born there, and it's in Missouri. (laughs) So, um, yeah, uh, Virginia City made the news recently because they finally caught up with the towns and removed their slavers block a month ago. That's yeah. only uh, 120 something years. No wait, I'm sorry, 150 Indeed, years but too late. Tourism. Tourism. Yeah. Uh there's nothing that tourists love more than human bondage. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, right? I don't know. I I personally I'm I'm in it for shaved ice mostly. <laughs> 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 we could leave the misery at home. I that's fine. <laughs> you have any churros? Yeah, so uh used to go to the Ponderosa in North Lake Tahoe <laughs> where they filmed Bonanza and they sold the Haas burger, which you would think would be massive because it was in the commercials, but no, it's an AMPM steamed kind of thing. Oh. Yeah. Boo. And uh, anyway, Ponderosa's gone, but uh, Slave Block stayed around till a month ago. Congratulations to Virginia City. Yeah, good job, Nevada. Anyway, the lovely uh, bones. Yeah, speaking of Nevada City, uh, the lonely grave. Close enough. All right. The birth was not going well. Christopher did not need to see the look on the midwife's face to know that. The baby had come too early, much too early. She's having one of those Jersey Devil babies. Camel face. The doctor was three days hard right away. (laughs) But that's on a mule. Your your wife is having a telepathic camel baby. It's it's a problem. (laughs) How do we know? The other camels told us. It's in my head. (laughs) (laughs) They were lucky that the midwife had been home when the contraction started. But that had almost been two days ago. Christopher didn't think the labor w- Christopher didn't think that labor was supposed to take this long. His mod was in terrible pain that did not stop between contractions. Doctor, can't you do anything? Her ties all thin and she's driving around on a Vespa. Every time Maud cried out, Christopher wanted to run to her to make the pain stop. So he pushed a pillow down onto her face. <laughs> Finally, the midwife threw him out of the house. (laughs) Stop trying to smother her. (laughs) Because his pacing was making her nervous and she needed to concentrate. Christopher sat on the stoop, his head in his hands. The hours passed slowly. Finally, the midwife came out the front of the door and found him. Christopher read the news on her face before she had said a word. It's a camel baby, isn't it? The baby... His little son was dead. Tired of being born? Dead tired of being born? Like it's fine now? Is that what you're saying? Nurse, please? Is he okay? Oh, also, Maud's dying. Oh, I regret that joke I just made. Yeah, time and place, Christopher. Sorry, it's been a crazy day for all of us. (laughs) (laughs) Particularly the baby. The baby, his little son was dead. And Maud was dying. Arguably for the baby, it's the, it's the least of a state change. <laughs> I mean, he's, you know. Well, you know, uh, less pain in the future, Back really. to the ether. Yeah. The midwife, okay, I'm sorry. The baby, his little son, was dead, and Maud was dying. 
The midwife sent him to sit with her. I guess they didn't pay her for that service. Smoke break. (laughs) (laughs) The midwife sent him in to sit with her. There was nothing more she could do. Maud lay very still on their small bed. Her tiny premature son was cradled in her arms. She barely had the strength to hold the baby, but refused to let go. He looks just like you, Chris, she whispered weakly. Covered in blood and dead. I want to name him David, after your father. Also dead. (laughs) Christopher tried to smile. Maud did not seem to realize the baby was dead. It was probably better that way. It's been a crazy day for everyone. Um, Does life insurance exist yet? How bad of a day is this for me? <laughs> well, David is a fine name, Christopher. May I don't, let me try that again? Well, sure, David's a fine <laughs> there name. There we go. <laughs> T- Ted Nugent's uh, <laughs> tragic origin story. David is a fine name, Christopher managed to speak without choking. Maud smiled and began crooning a lullaby to the dead baby her voice growing fainter as death drew near. Christopher crouched beside her, his hand on her arm, too too stricken to speak. Christopher crouched beside her, his hand on her arm, too stricken to speak. Christopher could not speak the word stricken. Christopher crouched beside her, his hand on her arm, too (laughs) stricken. I can splice no, it together. No, no. <laughs> that Well, we found the intro to your episode. Christopher crouched beside her, his hand on her Unique arm. New York. Too Unique stricken. New York. I said it. I said it. Stricken. Stricken. Christopher crouched beside her, a hand on her arm, too stricken to speak. Alabaster Oddfellows. Alabaster. <laughs> How now, brown cow? Christopher crouched beside her. His hand on her arm, too stricken to speak. Then Maud looked at him out of her clear gray eyes and said, Chris, I want to be buried back east. Don't talk about that now, Christopher whispered, <laughs> trying to hold back his tears. It seems like the best time, though, because I don't think there's going to be a... I can read the room. Our three-headed camel god told me that it's time for me to go. <laughs> I want you to bury us beside my mother, Maud said. Promise me, promise me, Chris. The tears were streaming streaming down Christopher's face. He nodded. I promise, he said. Maud closed her eyes. I love you, you know. I love you too, Christopher answered, (laughs) squeezing her arm. Just like I love them French fried potatoes. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maud did not reply, and Christopher knew she was dead. The midwife came back into the room. I guess she was finished with her <laughs> cigarette. <laughs> she saw at a glance what had happened and urged Christopher to go outside while she cleaned up mother and baby. I'll dress him up real nice, get him in the fire. Christopher saddled up his horse and rode into town. Straight into the sunset, (laughs) leaving it all behind. The end. 
Christopher saddled up his horse and rode into town to talk to the preacher about the funeral. He was too stunned to cry. <laughs> Moments earlier, the tears were streaming down Christopher's face. He's done now. All right. I did it. Yeah. It's the past, so I'm ready to go off and die in a war or something. The whole town turned out for the funeral, which was held in the small church where Christopher and Maud were married. Did you hear about the weird little song that she sang the dead baby? Christopher could not bear to be parted from Maud. Oh. So he was buried with her? Christopher could not be parted could not bear to be parted with Maud. It was a real cask of Amontillado type situation. They just walled him up in the tomb. So he arranged to have her buried beneath the single tall pine on a gently sloping knoll near the home on the hill. Let me stop you right there, because I feel like that's not what she asked for. Not even close. Not near mother at all. I hate her mom so much. Why do you think we moved out west? <laughs> also, like, back east, is like, like if they're from, like, you know, New York and, and they're in, like, California, yeesh. Yeah. He, he lost all the money gambling. What do you, what's he going to do? Put, put like, it... it it's pre-refrigeration. Are you just going to put your wife corpse on a, like a wagon train heading back to Kansas City or whatever? Uh, you, you, you burn them on the campfire, pack the, the ashes up on the Pony Express. <laughs> Three days mad horse riding all the way back. I caught a lift with this giant mechanical spider. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, buckle. <clears throat> I'm sorry, Maud, he whispered to her headstone. I just couldn't send you and David back east. Your family have each other back east, but you and David are all I have here with me. Christopher visited the grave every night after finishing his shift in the mines. Another mine story. As the winter passed, he grew thin and pale. He dreaded each day, knowing that Maud would not be there. He dreaded the nights even more. For darkness brought nightmares, in which Maud appeared to him, gazing sorrowfully and looking towards the east. Every night I dream of the dreadful three-headed camel god wreathed in flame. <laughs> Christopher would awaken, racked with guilt, knowing that Maud was reproaching him for breaking his promise to bury her back east. Oh, that's right, I forgot. Every time, shit. <laughs> Every day. His neighbors grew worried about him and sent the minister over to see what could be done to help him. Christopher found himself pouring out the whole story to the gently, godly old man. The minister tried to reassure Christopher, telling him that Maud would understand and forgive him for keeping her grave near to him. But despite the minister's reassurances, the, despite the minister's reassurances, the nightmares continued into the spring. I don't know, Chris. That sounds like a coveting of some kind. So, mm, that's one of the Big Ten, right? Uh, eh, is anyway, that coveting? I'm drunk. I don't know. Uh, okay. Drink some of this lead water that I I'm have. just trying to find, find where this place is in the movie Seven. That's how I understand Sin. On the night of their wedding anniversary, Christopher threw himself across the flower-strewn grave, head buried in his arms as he tried to control his grief. As he lay there, 
The stillness of the night seemed to deepen. A light breeze tousled his hair and swayed the branches of the pine tree. I mean, like, it's not going to be long and he's going to join her. Like, it's the 1800s and he works in a mine. Like, he's got maybe a year or two to wait before he sees her again. Yeah, he just anticipated her mourning him, not him mourning her. This is the I old thought best. I was going to get crushed in a mine shaft. Damn you, cruel, <laughs> ironic fate. Then she'd have to live next to the mine to keep the grave next to her. That way the claim stays in the family. That's why every day I brought her down into the mine with me, so that in case there was a collapse, we'd all be there together. Just me, her, and my camel hair. And our lungs full of coal dust. At that very moment, Christopher heard a soft voice crooning a lullaby. He started upright, searching about for Maud. He heard the gurgle. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like air leaving a corpse, reanimated by a uh, foul camel magic. <laughs> he heard a gurgle from an infant, a happy sound of contentment. The breeze died away and the branches of the pine tree stilled. Then a shining light seemed to descend from the dark sky and hover above him in the small grave under the tree. Christopher heard the singing again in the happy laugh of a small child. Maud? he asked. Davy? Wow, he even calls him Davy now. Post-mortem nickname is, is trouble, but wouldn't it be great if it was like, No, I'm old Jake! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, wrong ghost, I guess. <laughs> You're at my mind! <laughs> Our dreadful three-headed telepathic camel god sent me here to warn you. Maud, he asked. Davy? The light caressed his face. For a moment, he felt a light weight on his lap. Like the weight of a small child. Someone grabbed his thumb and gurgled happily. Someone else chuckled in his ear and tousled his hair, the way Maud used to. A kiss brushed his cheek. And then the light carried him upward into the ship. And then oh. there was darkness. Then came the hooks and the prodding. <laughs> Jesus wept. Christopher sat still for a long time, a sense of peace filling him. For the first time, he realized that Maud's body was gone, but her spirit was still with him. Wherever she and David were, they were happy. Away from him. Christopher rose. I'll miss you, Maud. And you, my little Davy, he told the gravestone. I'm a baby forever. <laughs> that night, Christopher dreamed of Maud and Davy. They were playing in a beautiful garden that was radiant with light. They looked up as he approached them, smiling and waving. Little Davy laughed up at his father, and Maud took his hand. And this was the ending of the movie Gladiator. I was about to say... And then the nuclear blast went off and Sarah Connor. <laughs> <laughs> Little Davy laughed up at his father and Maud took his hand. It's not your time yet, love, but we will see you by and by. She kissed him. Christopher woke up, tears streaming down over his cheeks. He knew the nightmares were gone forever. Weeping, he reached over to his rifle. 
<laughs> I'm coming for you, Marty. By and by. By and by. <laughs> 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 Take me into your bosom, camel demon. <laughs> Just nestling his face between the humps. <laughs> camel bosom. He knew the nightmares were gone forever. He slept deeply that night for the first time since Maud's death. When he awoke, he realized he was looking forward to the new day. Ah. Wow. That sucked. (laughs) (laughs) Boo. Don't give me, like, love ghost. That's not what this podcast, that's not spooky. You know, he suffered from night terrors, and he just thought it was his dead wife. (laughs) So there wasn't even a ghost. No, not at all. Of course not. I was reading the subtext of all of this. Ah, hypnagogic hallucinations. Jesus, a psychiatrist would have cleared this all up for him. He wouldn't have been crying, just enjoying his life with his camel. I'd prefer to think that he refused to contribute to the building of the three-headed camel god cigarette pyramid. (laughs) (laughs) And this was his punishment. I just love it when they burned it down at the end of Mandy. They sent him disquieting dreams. (laughs) Well, yeah. speaking of stories that did the trick, let's get to this one that didn't. How do you rate that? The the loneliest grave. I am going to give that the lonely grave. I am going to give that one lonely grave out, out of, of a cemetery. Because <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a lonely grave. No, they were together. For, they were all and happy. They, yeah, and they, wait, they oh, were wait, right there the lone, Does the lonely grave refer to Maud's mother? <laughs> back east. <laughs> oh no! But he, he said they've that the families got each <clears throat> other, so they must be interred in some kind of uh, interned in some kind of mausoleum. Cut to uh, it's it's. Phantasm year 1800. <laughs> it's Chris waking up from his dream. He's like, oh, I'll never have one of those again. And then we smash cut to the other side, and it's Maud waking up from a horrifying dream where her mother says, but you're leaving me alone. <laughs> um, yeah, that one sucked. I hated it. Fuck you. Yeah, I'm going to give that one um, one single lonely standing pine tree out of a forest. Old man Peabody on all of this. He had this crazy idea about breeding pine trees. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, that one kind of sucked, but uh, clean, cleanse the palate of all uh, of all that horse penis. Very much like uh, most things intended to cleanse the palate, they kind of suck. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, uh, I think uh, that that kind of the the campfire is, you know, non-existent. Uh, the, per, per usual. <clears throat> The oxygen tanks in our mutual isolation <laughs> chambers are running low. So uh, good to see another human being. This has been exciting. It's tons of fun. Uh, we'll we'll be doing plenty more. Uh, uh, we're not going to ask you about your spooky stories, listeners. Go back to to Mike's previous appearances. They're all there. No, there aren't so any. many more. So uh, many more. And uh, we will uh, we'll be back at some point in the future. Unless we die. (laughs) Sorry for that ahead of time.
For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SoBelowMedia.com. This, this is as above, so below.